0: Well, good morning and praise Jesus. How incredible is it that it is that season? It's it's the Christmas season when we are preparing our hearts for Jesus' birth and, and what that means to all of us. Let me open us up in prayer. Lord Jesus, we magnify and glorify your name. And Lord, as we enter this season, Lord, of preparation for your coming, Lord Jesus, and what that means to all of us. Lord, I pray that you would burden our hearts in such a way that... Lord, our focus would be entirely on you. I pray that with all the distractions, with so much that is going on in the world, with, Lord, just the happiness that comes with, with doing things for Christmas that we still would not forget what this season is all about. And so we pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. You know, it's interesting, as we were singing these Christmas songs and focusing on this season, you know, one thing that hit me and I... And, I had talked to some people about this, and we'll see what the Holy Spirit does, but I'm kind of feeling that because we want more people to be here in the building, especially on our Christmas service on the 19th, that maybe we won't have our Zoom offering that day. Maybe we'll just have... YouTube Live and have people here. I really do want to see more people here because there is an energy that we get when we are together. Obviously, it doesn't matter where we are, we are serving the same God, we are worshiping the same God, but I think that would be great, especially as we are celebrating Christmas and Jesus' birth, so we'll let you guys know, but I'm kind of feeling that and we'll kind of see what happens, but I do want to encourage you that if the only reason that you are at home online is because it is easier, I want you guys to step out and challenge you guys as yourselves to come here and join us. Today, we're going to be starting a new series as we are a couple of weeks out from our Christmas uh, celebration on the 19th. And we're going to be taking a look at the wise men, at the Magi. And I'm going to read from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. I'll be reading from the NASB version of the Bible. And I hope everything is working out on Zoom. I know earlier you guys couldn't hear me on Zoom, so I'm hoping this all works out. Uh, but if you guys will open up your Bibles, open up your phones, and follow along with me. Again, it's Matthew two verses one through twelve. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, "Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him." When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Gathering all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them, until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented, him, presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So as I mentioned today, we are starting a new three week series and we're gonna be taking a look at the wise men and what wisdom we can learn from them and how that can help us as we prepare for Christmas. But before we get into that, I wanna give you guys a little bit of background because what's interesting is Christmas tradition would have you believe that we know a whole lot about the Magi, about the wise men. And I know there was this uh, you know, very entertaining movie called The Nativity several years ago, but unfortunately that movie, kind of embellish some things. And I know there's some Christians out there that believe everything in that movie to be biblical, and it's not, and that's an unfortunate reality. That's why we're here to talk about the gospel truth. And so here are some things that we do and don't know about the wise men. One thing is that we don't know if there happened to be three wise men at all. Tradition tells us that, or the assumption is because there was three gifts, there must have been three wise men. But the Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible also doesn't tell us the wise men's name. About seven, In the 700s, that's when these names, Gaspar, Balthasar, and Melchior, where they came up. But that, again, is not biblical. These are just things that people told to help some of the stories that people shared. The Bible doesn't tell us where the wise men came from beyond saying they came from the East. However, based on where astrology was becoming a science, And where this was being studied, it is most likely that they came from Persia or Parthia, near the site of ancient Babylon. This means that the wise men, they traveled over a thousand miles to get to see where Jesus was. We also don't know how the wise men knew that the star represented the Messiah, which means anointed one or chosen one because most likely these guys were Gentiles. So how exactly did they know that this was the Messiah's star? Well, perhaps they studied ancient manuscripts because there was a contingent of Jews that stayed in Babylon. And so some of their traditions, some of their manuscripts would be there to be studied. Or perhaps God gave them a special message. We know that God can work through people that don't know him either. That's the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. From the word that Matthew uses to describe these men, magi, which means wise men or priest, most likely these guys were very intelligent. They were probably influential in their society and they probably came from a social caste of men specializing in astrology, astronomy, and natural science. Most biblical scholars believe that based on scripture, the wise men did not arrive at the manger when Jesus was born. More likely, they visited Jesus a few years after his birth. And the reason why biblical scholars believe this is that Matthew refers to Jesus as a, as, a, as a child, not a baby or a newborn. It also says that the wise men went to a house. They didn't go to a stable. And since King Herod killed all the baby boys under two years old, it is most likely that several years had passed between the time Jesus was born and when the wise men visited him and so now that we have some of this background let's talk about some of the things that we can learn some of the wisdom that we get from the wise men and kind of the theme today is that the wise men they were seeking jesus and i know in our bible study and our uh, little bit our men's discipleship in our prior time also on saturday we were talking about that what are we doing to prepare our hearts for jesus And for what this season means, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2, again, the NASB, it says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So the first thing we see here is that the wise men, they were seeking Jesus through learning about him. What's amazing is these wise men, they didn't know who Jesus was. All that they knew about him, about this child who would be born King of the Jews, they learned through reading these ancient manuscripts and from things that had been told to them. So the first piece of wisdom that we get from the wise men is we need to seek to learn more about Jesus. It doesn't matter if you are not a Christian, if you are a new Christian, or if you've been a Christian for many, many years. We need to continue learning about Jesus. You may be asking, why is this important? I know so many people that are Christians, they go to church, they do all these things, but they don't ever learn anything more about Jesus, and they don't think it's a very big deal. They don't think it's important. Well, let me tell you why it is. How can you believe in something, and we know that, Our faith is about belief in our hearts and our heads. How can you believe in something that you know very little or nothing about? And there are Christians out there that they believe in Jesus, but their faith tends to waver when they're asked questions because they don't really know what they believe in. So we have to learn, we have to seek Jesus by learning about him. Also, we know the Great Commission, we know that what we are called to as Christians is to share the gospel message. Our faith is not about feeling good with ourselves, it's about sharing the faith, it's about blessing others, sharing the gospel message with other people. But again, how can we do this? How can you share your faith? How can you share what you believe in beyond your own personal testimony, which is powerful and incredible, but how can you really share with others what you believe if you don't exactly know what you believe. When I was back in Colorado, I had a chance to talk to some Christians that had been Christians for a long time, and when I asked them some questions to challenge what their beliefs are, to challenge how they interpret the Bible, they were stumped, because they didn't really know what they believed. They thought they did, but they didn't. Or maybe someone had led them astray And that's pretty easy to do when someone's not grounded in the Bible and what they believe. It's pretty easy to manipulate people, to get them to think what you want them to think. So another reason we have to seek Jesus through learning is we have to understand what it is that we believe. And the reason why that's important is because there are gonna come times when people are gonna challenge your beliefs in what you believe And it's really hard to uh, to defend your faith. We call it apologetics in kind of seminary kind of circles. It's defending your faith. How can you defend your faith if you know very little about it or you're unsure? Now there's nothing wrong with asking questions, but if you've been a Christian for 20, 30 years and you're unsure of the things you believe in, that's a problem. 1 Peter 3 5 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But I love this. It says, But do this with gentleness and respect. I love that. That's a great reminder for me. But outside of that gentleness and respect, we need to be able to share with people why do you believe what you believe? It's not okay to say, I just do. You have to be able to defend your faith. You have to do it well. And the last thing here of why it's so important to be seeking Jesus through learning is how will you know what is true and false about Jesus and the Bible if you are not seeking him through learning? I can't tell you how many Christians I have met that when there's a Kind of controversial, or maybe a topic that society doesn't like to talk about, Christians start to waver in their faith and what they believe. They start watering down the gospel. That's a very scary thing because if you start watering down the gospel, you're going to start watering down your beliefs. So you have to seek Jesus through learning so you understand what is true and false. Because not Everything everybody says is true. There's a lot of false information out there. And unfortunately, if you Google search any scripture, you will find that there are a lot of different interpretations. And if you don't know what you believe, if you don't know what is true and what is false about the Bible and how we properly interpret it, that becomes a problem. So we got to take the wisdom that we get from the wise men and we have to seek Jesus through learning about him. The next thing that we see with the wise men is they sought Jesus. They were seeking him through asking others about him. And that is an incredible thing to do as well. We learn from the Bible. We learn from, uh, or, or we seek him through learning, but we also need to ask people about him. The wise men, they asked where Jesus could be found. The wise men, they didn't know. They didn't know the prophecy. What Matt was talking about earlier, they didn't know about that. They didn't know that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so what did they do? They went to Jerusalem. And why did they do that? Well, the most logical place for a king to be born would be the capital, Jerusalem. That's why they went there, because they didn't know where he would be found. And so they started asking people when they arrived, where can. This child will be born king of the Jews. Where can we find him? And they weren't afraid of it. They asked. They were seeking. They were not afraid to ask other people where they could find Jesus. And so the second piece of wisdom that we learn from the wise men is to seek Jesus through conversations with others. We need to ask others about Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, there is so much information and so much disinformation right at our fingertips. And so it is so important that we ask others that we trust and that are truly knowledgeable about Jesus. Sometimes we just wanna ask our friends, we wanna ask people we're comfortable with, but unfortunately some of those people don't know nothing about Jesus or their interpretation of scripture is incorrect. So we have to talk to people that we trust and are truly knowledgeable because a little bit of information can make you a very dangerous person i will say a little bit of knowledge about the bible can make you really dangerous we need to seek people that truly understand the bible and that we truly trust this is so important because if there are things that we don't understand or are confused about about our faith or about jesus the holy spirit or god and that in itself the trinity that's kind of confusing to people but if there are issues that we don't understand it is so important that we talk to people ask them questions so we understand what we believe and why we believe it acts 19 verses one through two and i mentioned this when we went uh, through our series on the holy spirit it says while apollos was in corinth paul took the road through the interior and arrived at ephesus Then he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And we talked about this. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is the person of God that empowers Christians. The Holy Spirit is the person of God that we have the most contact with here on earth. So if you don't even know who the Holy Spirit is, if you don't even understand what he does, you're missing out. So if there are aspects of your faith you don't understand, if there's things about Jesus, about God, about being a Christian that you don't understand or are confusing, you have to ask. Because if not, you're gonna have this really messed up understanding of your faith. And chances are that's what you're gonna be sharing with others. Jesus through asking others about him is important. It's also important if we wanna be sure that the information we have is correct. I mentioned this earlier, because who wants to share with others about their faith when it's wrong? I don't think any of us wants to cause others to stumble. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of God. Why would God put this in his word if it wasn't true? What this means is there's people who do not correctly explain the word of truth. Sometimes by accident, but sometimes it's intentional. And just like the wise men, we, we have to embrace the wisdom of not being embarrassed or ashamed of what we don't know. John 25, or 21, verse 25 Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. You know, although there is so much that we can know about Jesus, about our Christian faith, by reading the Bible. I mean, that's where so much of it, all of it there, it's it's there for us to learn. There are still so many things we don't know. And there's so many things that maybe God doesn't want us to know. It's just too overwhelming for us. And because all of us are learning, every day I learn something new about God, something new about my faith, about the Bible. Every time we read it, hopefully it is new and refreshing and exciting to you because that's how it should be so we shouldn't be embarrassed if there's something we don't know or something we're a little bit confused about just like the wise men don't be afraid to ask now this last last part here about seeking jesus i love this because this this might be probably the most important part of all this Because talking to others and seeking through learning, it is really all kind of combined in this last one. And it's the fact that the wise men, they put significant effort into seeking Jesus. They invested time, effort, and substantial resources into finding the one who they had been learning about and asking about. We're not told that they had a personal relationship with him. Most likely, as I mentioned, they were Gentiles. They did not know him. But they put incredible effort into finding him. And the greatest probably, representation of that is this journey that they took. Scholars say it could have taken them anywhere from several months to several years, a thousand miles. Most likely on a camel, that is like the most popular to travel even nowadays. But I'm sure the health of camels back then was not like today. Maybe they were able to travel 10 miles a day. Maybe maybe less. It all depends. And they went from modern-day Iran to Israel. So if you Google that, you can see that, oh yeah, if you had to go on camelback, it would take a long time even if there was no issues, no roadblocks at all. And this journey, so much of it took place in the desert, and if you know anything about weather in the desert or how that works, it's blistering temperatures in the day, and it's freezing temperatures at night. And they had to deal with this day in, day out. They also risked their lives. There were thieves and bandits, people that would want to rob them. Maybe they were undercover, maybe they were dressed up, you know, in a way that no one would think anything of them. But I would say that's probably kind of unlikely. And they probably had a caravan they were traveling with. And so this would be a prime target for thieves and bandits. And so they risked their lives. They could have been robbed. They could have been killed. And so the final piece of wisdom that we get from them is that seeking Jesus takes effort. When you become a Christian, you initially seek Jesus for salvation and forgiveness of sins. But as we mature in our faith, seeking Jesus means seeking God's wisdom, his will, his guidance. And all of this takes effort. Sometimes it's mental effort. Sometimes we just have to focus on him. We have to be reading and studying and hearing about Jesus and processing what it means to be a Christian. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes we're serving. We're getting up early in the morning. We're coming to church. I had mentioned that. Sometimes that's the effort. It's getting up, getting out of bed, and coming to church. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes we have to share our anger, our sadness with Jesus. We have to be transparent. Sometimes that's the effort that it takes. I think probably the hardest aspect or the place where it takes the most effort is where seeking Jesus means seeking Him above all else. I think for most of us, we'd rather meet our own needs first before doing what God wants us to do or what Jesus wants us to do. It takes effort to seek Jesus. Throughout Scripture, we see so many verses that talk about the need To seek Jesus. As Christians, this is what we do. It's part of Christian living. However, many of those verses, they say something about the level of effort that we should be putting into seeking Jesus. Jeremiah 29.13. We all love Jeremiah 29.11, the plans that God has for us, but just go a few later on here. 29.13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. All, not part, not a quarter, all your heart. Deuteronomy 4, 29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Church, if if we want to focus, if we want to prepare for Christmas the way God wants us to, we need to seek him with all of our heart. We need to seek to learn more about him by learning about him and studying about him. We need to seek him by talking to others about him. You know, over Thanksgiving, uh, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday, how how many conversations did you just have with family members about Jesus? You know, we had three sermons, even one we did, I I didn't necessarily know it was going to be, but with Gene Hall last week, they were all about thanking God, thanking Jesus. I hope a big percentage of your holiday was spent talking about Jesus. Because I don't know about you, but when it comes to Christmas, it is a lot of fun. It's incredible when you get to be with family. For me, I love getting people presents. And when it comes to those presents, I love putting a ton of effort into finding the perfect gift for people. I don't want people to, to get a gift that they don't enjoy or they don't even know what the point of it is. So I put a lot of effort into finding that perfect gift. I know there's many of you that do, do the same thing. I'm sure there's some people that put a lot of effort into decorating the house, putting up lights, the tree, you know, all kinds of things like that. I'm sure there's others that put a lot of effort into cooking, making incredible cookies or really yummy, you know, Thanksgiving turkey or whatever you happen to do. But how much effort do you put into seeking Jesus? Do you put more effort into making cookies and being sure the little sugar things on top match and they're all in the perfect place? You spend that much time thinking about and talking about and learning about Jesus. I want to encourage you all to learn from the wisdom of the wise men and put as much effort into seeking Jesus as you do everything involved in how you celebrate and recognize Christmas with your friends and family. Because the reality is, without Jesus, there is no Christmas, there is no holiday. The Christmas tree, all these other things, they mean nothing if it isn't for Jesus. So we have to take the wise men, we gotta take the wisdom that they had, and we need to seek Jesus this holiday season. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the example that these wise men, that, Lord, uh, it would seem they did not know who you are and what you could do for them, Lord Jesus, but yet they sought you. They put so much effort into wanting to find you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that each and every one of us this Christmas season would seek you in the same way. I pray, Lord, that we would have such a passion and desire to to learn about you, that a day wouldn't go by, that we're not thinking about you, that we're not wanting to read more about you and, and what this season is about. I pray, Lord, that people would be gathering together and talking about you. I pray that, Lord, the story of your birth would be shared with everyone in this church with both ministries, with with anyone and everyone we come in contact with, I pray, Lord, that that story of your birth and how amazing it is would be shared with others. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you, Holy Spirit, would challenge our hearts to put in maximum effort into seeking you. I pray, Lord, that whether it's moments where we're thinking about the challenges in the world, we're still going through a pandemic and people are suffering, Lord. Or Lord, whether it is those moments of joy when we get to purchase gifts for others or we get to share time with them during the Christmas season, I pray that none of those things would get our focus off of you. Lord Jesus, we love you. We cannot do anything without you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.